New Orleans Saints teammates Derek Carr and Chris Olave seen as a top wide receiver quarterback tandem in the NFL. Why mini camps will be very important to their 2023 success. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, Head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You'd also find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, we're getting you ready for New Orleans Saints mini camps. Yeah, it's not training camp just yet, but it's the football we got and it's the football we'd love to have. We're going to jump over to the defensive side, take a look at a must watch and sleeper storyline for that side of the ball. Of course, leading off with the big performances by the rookies that you're looking for over the course of the next three days. We'll also take a look at the offensive side. Same thing, must watch and sleeper storylines with the sleeper taking a look at a guy that maybe or really three guys that could potentially really seal a uh, roster spot for themselves or at least start that trajectory here in minicamp before training camp next week. But the first thing I want to start off with here is, of course, the biggest story around minicamp. So what everyone's going to be looking at it's going to be the chemistry with Derek Carr and how it continues to solidify. I was looking for another uh, word that started with a sound, but I couldn't find one for the alliteration purposes. So please forgive me. Uh, But it is all about chemistry with Derek Carr continuing to formulate. There you go. So what we're really looking at here is his connection in the passing game. But I'm also very interested in sort of Look, the, the New Orleans Saints, according to NOLA.com's Jeff Duncan, are expecting 100% attendance, 100%, 100% attendance at minicamps. And it might be 102%, 105%, depending on if they bring in some you know folks and new faces to look at on a tryout basis during minicamps and all that. But of all 100%, all 90 people there, the most important throughout minicamp is going to be number four, is going to be your number one, and that's Derek Carr. And the communication with the entire offense is, of course, important, but the communication between he and his receivers, even more important. And we're not the only ones that look at it that way. You can see it from across the NFL and national media as well. NFL.com just this week did a piece on the nine best new quarterback and wide receiver sort of duos or combos or combinations, tandems, however it is you want to look at it uh, in this year's NFL based on either wide receivers changing teams or quarterbacks changing teams. At the top of that list is, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson over in New York. It's followed up by the addition now of Odell Beckham Jr. to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Number three, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, of course, added last year, but is reinstated this year after the gambling suspension from last season. But at number four, almost appropriately, is Derek Carr and Chris Olave, not Derek Carr and Michael Thomas. And I think that the writer who did this, I believe it was Kevin Porta, 
uh, who wrote this, uh, Kevin Patrick, my apologies, uh, who wrote this and basically was like, look, it could be Derek Carr and Michael Thomas all day, but not sure about the health of Michael Thomas. And Kevin here, who wrote this piece over at NFL.com, believes that Chris Olave could be the Saints top guy. And I think we all believe that here in New Orleans as well, especially after last year's performance, uh, 1,042 receiving yards. He missed a couple of games, well, missed one game, missed, you know, had to leave that Seattle Seahawks game early, wherein he caught a touchdown, but then suffered a concussion in the end zone. Uh, But he had four receiving touchdowns there and he averaged 14.2 average air yards per target. So that's huge. That was number six in the NFL amongst all wide receivers and tight ends with qualifying targets, according to Next Gen Stats. That, of course, also led the New Orleans Saints as a team. And we know that Derek Carr is a you know good decision maker. He will check down. He'll go to the backfield. He'll go to the short and intermediate area, but he's not afraid to push the ball downfield either. And so that type of distribution, ball distribution that Derek Carr has complements Chris Olave's distribution of route running really well. Also, Chris Olave, very effective, short, intermediate, deep. He's a three-level threat, not necessarily somebody that you want to target in the backfield and say, okay, go out there, run a screen, make some guys miss. But don't worry, that guy's also on the team. His name's Rashid Shaheed. And also that guy could be Michael Thomas, who they've done tunnel screens, bubble screens, things like that to a ton in the past. That has been a big part of the New Orleans Saints offense. So yes, you're looking at Derek Carr and his communication and connection with all of the receivers, but almost you're looking at the car to Chris communication continuing to grow over the course of this week as well. And that's why minicamp is so important to this. Will the entire season be decided during minicamps? No, not even close, not at all, not one bit. But do you start to lay the foundation upon which you start to build a successful team? 100% that work has already started during OTAs. And it will continue throughout mini camps and so, or mini camps. I don't know why I changed the emphasis on mini camps. I think I was looking for the sound again. Uh, but that's the big thing that we are going to be watching. And look, it goes beyond Derek Carr and Chris Olave. It goes beyond Derek Carr, Michael Thomas, Derek Carr, Rashid Shahid. It extends to Derek Carr, Juwan Johnson, who have already started to have a really, really nice connection throughout OTAs. Can they continue to build upon that here in mini camp? Can Derek Carr and Fossum Rowe continue their already fantastic familiarity with one another. Can Derek Carr now get real opportunities to throw the ball to Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, at least start to get a little bit of a feel for that? So there's a lot of different ways that you're looking at this Derek Carr communication building piece to continue to build up and and, and continue to sort of, um, I'll say, elevate over the course of mini camps, although that won't be the finished product when this three-day period is over. It still ends up being a very important three-day period for exactly that. So that's a big, big piece of what you're going to be looking for here throughout minicamp. So we're going to get minicamp updates and stuff like that. I know I'm out of town, but we're going to get minicamp updates. We've got folks coming through to help us out and stuff all throughout the week. And you know I'm going to get the information anyway, so I'll make sure you're staying up to date with all of it. But look, Derek Carr impressed over the course of OTAs, and we only saw a third of OTAs. We saw every Tuesday practice when they practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and even more, right? Michael Thomas and, and Derek Carr were getting passes into one another, well, not to one another, but you know they were throwing, Derek Carr was throwing to Michael Thomas on the Monday before the final week of OTAs when we saw Michael Thomas come out on the field uh, on, on Tuesday. And so you should expect the same thing here as they go into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday minicamps. They were probably working yesterday. They'll probably find ways to work on Friday. They'll probably continue to find ways to work until training camp to continue to build all of that um, 
familiarity, communication, continuity, all those things that you want to build in this New Orleans Saints offense, they've got plenty of time uh, to continue to build exactly that. So let's stick to the offensive side here. We love the fact that we're hearing 100% participation for the New Orleans Saints offense So with or with the New Orleans Saints during minicamp. So looking at the offensive side of the football, it gives us an opportunity to answer some of the big questions that we have over the course of uh, minicamps and over the course of the offseason. So we'll take a look at some of those big questions, as well as the sleeper storylines that you should be paying attention to as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America, official sports betting partner of the NFL. The NBA Finals just came to an end. The Denver Bronc- Denver Broncos, the Denver Nuggets getting it done against the Miami Heat. Hopefully you got in and you, got, uh, you were able to be a part of that and picked up some winnings over at FanDuel. But if not, and if you still have not been to FanDuel just yet, let me put you on. So we're going to be taking a look here at FanDuel.com slash locked on, L O C K E D O N. That's going to allow you to get that no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's bonus bets that'll come back to you if your first bet doesn't win. So you have to be a new customer. But if you are, this is the way to go. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can get in on early odds for the NFL, early odds for the New Orleans Saints. You can wrap up some odds in the MLB. Whole bunch of stuff coming up for you. So make sure you check them out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. It is the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, family. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks so much as always for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're taking a look over at the offensive side of the football, the things that you should be watching when it comes to this week's mini camps. Remember, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will be those three practices. So we're going to start off with a must-watch storyline as well as a sleeper storyline for you to watch. But we're going to talk about several players in the midst of this. So we're going to start off with the must-watch storyline. And I mentioned before that Jeff Jeff Duncan over at NOLA.com put out a report saying that they are expecting the Saints 100% attendance during minicamp. So remember, the Saints are pretty close to that over the course of OTAs. 10 players missing the first week, 15 players missing the second week, around 10 or 12 players missing the third week. So they were kind of hovering pretty safely around 90%, uh, although not everyone that was present participated. And that's going to be the same thing here during minicamps. Guys like Trevor Penning and Cesar Ruiz, Michael Thomas, maybe even Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill are expected to be present, but not all of them will be participating. Certainly not guys like Trevor Penning and Cesar Ruiz that are working their way back from injury. But when it comes to players that were absent, like James Hurst and Ryan Ramchek and Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, will be good to see them out on the field or at least know that they're, you know, in attendance and around, whether it be in the meetings, even if it's not out on the field, but you'd love to see them out on the field. So the big question that I have is just how much participation do we see specifically from running back Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara did not come to OTAs, things like that. Mandatory mini camps. Yeah, if you miss all three days, I think it's like a little bit around a hundred thousand dollar fine for these guys based upon their contracts relative to their contracts. It's not a ton of money to lose, but it's still a hundred thousand dollars. Like you could just give that to me instead if you want to, or give it to a lucky, you know, give it to you, right? Like there's a lot of different things that they could do with that money as opposed to being fine for it. Uh, (laughs) And so I would expect these guys to still be present, even if they're not participating. But I am curious to see if Alvin Kamara does get a little bit of work in with Derek Carr. And I'm curious to know 
if Derek Carr and Alvin Kamara, and this is one of the questions that I have waiting to go to, to Derek Carr because he will, he's expected, I'm sure, to meet with media um, after after the practice. Is, you know, is he getting any work in with Alvin Kamara away from the facility? Is that part of the group that he's working with and things like that? Because I do think that it's very exciting to see Chris Olave, you know, ball out and Rashid Jaheed ball out. Michael Thomas is out there getting reps. You're looking at some of the younger guys and some of the newer faces that are finding ways to impact. Even the tight end room is really exciting right now. But I do think that you still want sort of the that 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 strand of DNA that's so specific to the New Orleans Saints offense that is the Alvin Kamara attack. And you want to be able to see that build. You want to be able to see Derek Carr building that chemistry, that connection, as we were discussing earlier, with Alvin Kamara. Maybe that's my other cuss sound right there. Um, and so I, I am really, really interested to see kind of what is the level of participation for Alvin Kamara? How much is he involved? What does he do? Uh, is he out there on the field with them? And I think there's a good chance that he is. But I also understand protecting yourself as a running back. I mean, look what's happening with Saquon Barkley, you know, across the conference over in New York, where he's even saying, you know what, I'm just going to I'm not even going to sign this franchise tag. I'm going to just wait and see how this all goes uh, come July 17th. Or I might sit out the 2023 season, which no one really believes. But, I, you know, you look at the sort of valuation of running backs across the NFL and sometimes the contracts don't meet the request. Alvin Kamara's contract, pretty good, pretty good. Like not not enough to really be super concerned about in terms of it on average basis. I think he's second in the NFL, right behind um, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, if I remember correctly. And so I'll double check that while I'm talking here. But you know, I look at where this can be for um, for Alvin Kamara and for Derek Carr, and how important this ends up, or how important this ends up being. Yeah, he's second behind. Christian McCaffrey at $15 million per year, Christian McCaffrey at just over $16 million per year. Now, it's not the same thing as guaranteed money and stuff like that. We know we've talked about these contracts a ton uh, here on the show, but it, it is enough for him to feel pretty comfortable about going out there and participating during minicamps, I imagine. I can't speak for him, but I imagine that that's the case. So just getting to see a little bit of that collaboration, some of that communication starting to build between Carr and Camara, I think would be really important. Um, and then the other part of it is that you want to see sort of what the participation of Michael Thomas is. I wouldn't expect him to be out there full go running routes and everything, but who knows? He might surprise us. They surprised us last year with him being out there full go day one of training camp. That seems to still be the goal for right now, though. All right, let's take a look at the sleeper um, uh, storyline that you want to be paying attention to here. And it's the development of a couple of different faces. So like I mentioned, we're looking at must watch. We're looking at sleeper storylines, but we're going to talk about a couple of different players here. And particularly in the sleeper storyline, I'm very curious to see the development progress of three guys in particular, two undrafted free agent wide receivers in rookie wide receivers in Malik Flowers, as well as Shaq Davis. It sounds like Rashid Shahid, no matter what, is going to retain his returner uh, role and responsibility. So that does make it a little bit harder for a guy like Malik Flowers. Now, maybe Malik Flowers ends up being a core or key practice squad member so that if anything happens and you need a returner, you have one stashed away on the practice squad. But if he can show here over the course of this week, going into training camp next month, that he can also contribute for you as a receiver, running those jet sweeps, running those reverses, you know, being a deep threat, all of those other things, uh, then all of a sudden he's in a situation to where maybe he does still challenge for the active roster. But if he doesn't and he ends up on the practice squad, that opens up a spot potentially depending upon how many wide receivers the Saints intend to keep. And that's where a guy like Shaq Davis comes in. That's really, really interesting to me because he is a big-bodied guy. He is the next 
best, not next best, but not, I don't want to say next best because we haven't seen enough yet, but I'll say kind of the next fit behind Michael Thomas as that big, uh, you know, physical uh, contested catch wide receiver, Brian Edwards and A.T. Perry are, of course, a part of that conversation as well, but we haven't seen those guys come down with many contested catches yet. So that's where we'll start to see these guys begin to separate. The third player that I really want to see a bit of development from and see how far along the development has come uh, is tight end Lucas Krull, who was undrafted free agent rookie last year. So he's now in his second year. Him and Rashid Shahid are neck and neck for one another in terms of their time in the NFL, their time on task. And I, I thought Krull has looked really good throughout the offseason so far, what we got to see during OTAs, particularly as a pass catcher. But now he's going to need to get more and more opportunities to prove himself as a blocker. That's going to be a little bit tough during these sort of non-contact, no one's trying to make tackles, all that kind of stuff. But if he can show that he's getting the responsibilities right, if he can show that he's where he's supposed to be, that he's understanding the play calls, that he's understanding his role as a blocker in certain situations and things like that, that goes just as far, right? That's the mental side of the game, even though you can't physically act it out and really like grapple with somebody and take them down <laughs> to the ground and, you know, Lucas Kroll pancake house, if you will. Um, but I think once he gets an opportunity to start to show that during the preseason, things like that, then that next piece will be there. But that development as a pass catcher is still very important. The development in terms of the mental side of knowing, okay, here's my responsibility as a blocker. Bam, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. I, you know, I've got the right set. My hands are in good place. I shot my hands well. My, you know, I've anchored well. I've sat back well. Like I, all the things you're supposed to do as a blocker, which I'm, I'm not very good at explaining. Sorry, but, uh, but all those things you're supposed to do as a blocker, you can still show early, but then you have to execute it later on. So the execution part of that is going to be a little bit later. Um, so seeing the development of guys like Malik Flowers, Shaq Davis, Lucas Kroll is a big part of what I'm going to be. Uh, looking for or, 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 you know, asking about over the course of the next three days, and certainly that you're looking to see as well, followed up by or followed following rather the participation of guys like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Because if, if you get a really good Chris Olave, really good Rashid Tahid, really good Michael Thomas attack in tandem, you know that this tight end room is better than it was last year, at least, right? Better than it has been in the past few years because you have an even better Juwan Johnson one year later. You've now added Foster Moreau. You have a developing Lucas Kroll. You still have a Taysom Hill that's going to be utilized. And I can't believe I didn't actually put him in either one of these categories, because that's a big one too, right? So add him to that list of participation in terms of the must-watch. When it came to Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, Taysom Hill as well. Where is he being utilized? How are they using him? Is he taking snaps at quarterback? Are you willing to give up practice snaps from Derek Carr to work on your Taysom Hill packages, or does that come later? all of those things. And where does he line up otherwise? Now, uh, Dennis Allen was very clear that he'll still be in the tight end room and all those other things, but his role will be very interesting to watch over the course of minicamp leading into training camp next month, where it gets really the most interesting that it will get. So those are our two. Must watch, participation, and involvement of Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill. Let's add him to the list. And then the sleeper storyline is going to be development of guys like Malik Flowers, Shaq Davis, Lucas Kroll. You're also looking for health on the offensive line, just to say that as well. All right, let's jump to the defensive side, where a lot of our observations are going to be focused on the defensive line. How are the rookies progressing? And the sleeper storyline and name that the Saints really, really need to turn the corner this offseason. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked 
on Saints. Appreciate you as always for being here. We're taking a look over the defensive side, some of the storylines that we're watching when it comes to mandatory mini camps. So when it comes to mandatory mini camps, here are the we're gonna look at a must-watch, we're gonna look at a sleeper storyline that we're gonna be watching. So let's start with the must-watch here. And for me, the, the must-watch part for the Saints during mini camps is gonna be the development and progression, specifically progression, of the defensive rookies. So you're looking at guys like Brian Brzee, Isaiah Foskey, Jordan Howden. Brian Brzee and Isaiah Foskey, of course, on the defensive line. Jordan Howden, of course, at safety. I'll roll in somebody that's not really a rookie, but missed his rookie year. So is in his first year now. Uh, and that's DeMarco Jackson. Uh, DeMarco Jackson says that uh, a big part of what he's doing over the course of the offseason is working on getting stronger, is working on getting faster, all those other things. He does have an ideal weight that, you know, the trainers will pick out for him and all those other things. I'll write a piece for that and we'll we'll discuss it uh, here later on this week once I get more details on it. But, you know, kind of just going back and forth, it's clear that, you know, strength, size, speed, like those are all of the big things for him. But the rookies that you're looking for are guys like Brian Brzee and Isaiah Foskey, as well as Jordan Howden. So Brzee started getting first team snaps at the end of last, or I'm sorry, at, at, at uh, the end of OTAs starting last week from what we saw as media members, right? Remember, we're only present, we were only present one of the three days for OTAs. So it could have been that he was with the second team, the second Tuesday, but then the second Thursday, he was with the first team. But we didn't see that until the third Thursday or the third Tuesday. Sorry. So it, it kind of just depends on, on, you know, when, 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 what you're looking at is what you're looking at, but what we looked at was what we saw, right? So that third Tuesday last week, he was with the first team doing red zone drills, working on the defense, working in the defensive line. Colin Saunders was not present of course, because he was uh, out with the, his former Kansas city chiefs teammates celebrating the super bowl win. Uh, at the White House. So he should be back this week as a part of that 100% expected attendance. Uh, so how does that impact Brian Brzee and where does he fit in with guys like Nathan Shepard and Malcolm Roach and how many opportunities does he get with the first team? Same thing with Isaiah Foskey. Do we see him start to climb the ladder a little bit more, line up opposite Cam Jordan, get some opportunities with the first team, maybe even just getting opportunities with the second team. So you want to see him continue to, to climb the ladder. He's learning an entirely new technique, right? That four eye technique where you're lining up over the inside shoulder of the tackle that you're going up against. That's a new technique for him. So he's been learning that over the course of, of, of rookie mini camps. I, I saw him line up in that same spot over the course of OTAs, but of course we only saw a third of OTAs. And so how much progress has he made there? Will he continue to climb the ladder and, and line up second team, third team or second team, first team, uh, all of that. Jordan Howden, on the other hand, you're probably not going to see him get many first team snaps unless he starts to challenge Bradley Roby in the slot. That's where maybe things get a little bit interesting when it comes to Jordan Howden or extremely interesting when it comes to Jordan Howden. But their faith in him and how much they like him, the way that they see him as sort of this versatile threat, but having that sort of Marcus Williams type high football IQ, seeing the field extremely well, making breaks in the ball very well, all of those things. He could push for some time with the second team. It's going to be tough to, at safety. It's going to be tough to imagine him supplanting guys like Tyron Matthew and Marcus May. But hey, maybe one of those guys wants to take a couple of snaps off or the Saints want to give those guys a couple of snaps off. And then they let Jordan Howden and JT Gray handle some safety responsibilities with the first team. That's totally a possibility. So seeing sort of the Jordan Howden, Isaiah Foskey, Brian Brzee, not just development, but seeing the progression from the development is the next thing that you're watching over the course of minicamps. All right, let me tell you my sleeper storyline for minicamps for the New Orleans Saints. And 
there are some other things here that I, I was thinking about picking from. I was thinking about throwing DeMarco Jackson in here, but I don't feel like that's a sleeper storyline anymore as we continue to talk about it. Uh, so for me, I think the sleeper storyline is just how, what, what, what are the things going to get from Peyton Turner? And I don't, I don't mean that like, well, I don't expect them to get anything from Peyton Turner. I, I'm not asking the question that way. I'm, I'm more so asking the question like, what is the expectation around Peyton Turner? And does he meet or exceed those expectations, right? I mean, when we spoke to Jeff Ireland at the uh, Senior Bowl, he's of course the uh, director of, um, of, of college scouting, um, he mentioned that they still see Peyton Turner as a defensive end. They just want to see him stay healthy, stay on the field, and stay in shape. Check, check, check. So far throughout OTAs, stayed healthy. He was in shape. He was on the field. Good. Does he continue to do that during mini camps? Will he continue to develop behind a guy like Carl Granderson, who right now I think you have firmly placed ahead of Peyton Turner? But can Peyton Turner start to challenge that notion and start to say, no, 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 I'm the first round pick here. I'm going to show my development. And again, just like we mentioned with Brzee Foskey and Howden. Let me show you my progression as a result of my development. Can you start to see that from Peyton Turner? Now, that's probably going to be, just as I keep saying, a little bit more of a, um, a training camp thing. But if you start to get a glimpse of it at mini camps, that means that he's, he's on his way. And so that's kind of my sleeper defensive thing. I, I think the defense is so solid for the New Orleans Saints right now that maybe you could throw in Zach Bond. Maybe you could take a look at the linebackers behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner, but they seem to have an idea of where they want to go with that, considering how much they really, really love DeMarco Jackson. Um, and in that strong side, you're seeing a lot more Zach Bond there playing up against the line, defending the run, rushing the passer, all of that stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Peyton Turner and say like he's kind of the sleeper storyline here, because if he progresses, right, like if Carl Granderson picks up where he left off last year or picks up 80% of where he left off last year. If Isaiah Foskey's a five, six sack guy in 2023, his rookie season, and then if Peyton Turner turns the corner and you add that in with Cam Jordan, who's good for seven and a half sacks with his eyes closed for a season, that's a really nice group of pass rushers to have for the New Orleans Saints. But what does turning the corner for Peyton Turner actually look like, right? Peyton Turner, the corner. Can he be that guy? I'm going to give a quick honorable mention because it's a special teams nod here, but the competition at kicker is interesting. There is some competition there between Will Lutz and Blake Groupie. Blake Groupie had a fantastic showing in front of media last Tuesday, the final day of OTAs that we were able to be present for. And Dennis Allen um, clean, like clearly, without a doubt, labeled it as competition. Now, Dennis Allen is all about competition. Remember when he drafted Alante Taylor last year, what's the first thing that he said? We want competition. We want everybody getting better. So even if Blake Groupie doesn't supplant Will Lutz, does he push Will Lutz and make Will Lutz better from what we've seen from him as he's been recovering from those core injuries and core surgery and all that stuff over the course of the past couple of years? Uh, he's already on his way. He's already on his way. So uh, lots of good stuff uh, for mini camps coming up tomorrow. We'll have a guest come through, help us kind of sum up what was seen during the first day of, uh, of mini camps. And then, of course, get you all of the biggest stories from around the New Orleans Saints from that first day of mini camps. And we're also going to take some time during our um, midweek fundamental segment, which would be the last segment of the show, to where we take a look at what offsetting language means and what offset language means in a contract. You hear all of that as a point of dispute for some of the rookie contracts out there, but what does it actually mean? We'll break all that down uh, in tomorrow's episode. So I appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints again, your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you come through tomorrow. Make sure you're checking out Locked on LSU. Make sure you're checking out Locked on Pelicans. Pelicans may be looking to take a big swing in the draft. Could the New Orleans Saints look to do 
something like that next year too. Ooh, that could be very interesting. So lots of good stuff uh, for you to check out. It's Louisiana versus all y'all. I appreciate you so much as always for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine. So for saying yes to me and the show, as always, if you see me say hi and if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.